Five-Year Mission, the podcast, episode 52. This episode of Five-Year Mission, the podcast is brought to you by Fansets, your home for all things pop culture pin related. Head over to fansets.com and see all that they have to offer. And also stay tuned at the end of the episode for a very special offer from us here at Five-Year Mission. By now you figured out that this is the Five-Year Mission podcast. Welcome to Five Year Mission, the podcast, the only podcast hosted by a band called Five Year Mission. I am one of your many hosts, Andy Fark. Uh, joining me tonight, I got three others. One of them is Chris Spurgeon. That is I. That is this you. Is, this is I. Me. I am me. Me is I. It you. Car- carry on. My wayward son. Uh, another, another square on my Zoom here uh mr haircut down there noah butler i did notice i just just now noticed he's he's fresh freshly shorn it has been cut since last since last we saw each other yeah Yeah. and then uh lit very poorly uh (laughs) it real creepy and down at my bottom bottom right square (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) mike rittenhouse god how y'all doing tonight? It's great to be back here again. I uh, can't wait to get down and talk about this topic. I've been thinking about it all week. No, you haven't. Since since about five thirty. There you go. <laughs> that that may, that makes more sense. <laughs> Hold on, I'm I'm wicking my topic now. What? Just now? Hmm. Yeah, wow. I'm joking. joking. Man, I would hope so. I mean, so, I. To be fair, I do have the IMDB of my of my subject on in the background right now, just so I can refer to it in case we need names of anything. Uh, but tonight we are going to be covering, uh, because not only are we not just a Star Trek band, we're also fans of other TV shows, movies, franchises, things like along those lines. And uh, we want to talk about a few of our f- other favorite sci-fi and fantasy shows out there right now. Uh, they may be old, they may be new, they may be running currently in their, their however many seasons they got going right now. Um, but yeah, we wanted to you know let people know what else they may be missing or what else they may be into or maybe go, I agree with that. So not, none of it's Star Wars. We all like Star Wars. Everyone likes Star Wars. We're not talking about Star Wars. Yeah, this it, that's exempt. I mean, Noah could really go off on some Star Wars, but we're not going to let him. <laughs> and this is my Bosk action figure. And this, <laughs> why does he have an accent? I don't know. <laughs> why not? <laughs> all of a sudden, he's all of a sudden he's, he's from like Bavaria or something. It. You know what? They just come out of my face, and I just go with it. <laughs> This one, the most people call him Hammerhead, but nobody else really knew his real name. <laughs> hey, Noah, what, what, what was Hammerhead's real name, by the way? Momonadon. <laughs> You're just babbling. He just knows. <laughs> uh, I, I, I he's, he's making that up. <laughs> I'm not. You can look it up. Well, since, uh, since since you're kind of a know-it-all here tonight, Noah, why don't you start us off with uh, with, with with your pick? <laughs> All right, we're 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 specifically here talking kind of about science fictiony esque shows, correct? And and we we just brought up some some foreign things too, which rules out Star Wars anyway. <laughs> That's true. Star Wars is full on fantasy. Is that right? I mean, it, it's space fantasy. 
Yeah. But it's fantasy. Space Just because there's lasers doesn't magic, mean it's sci-fi. Space That's Knights. Right. Space Knights. Oh, <laughs> All right. I am, I am talking about a German science fiction television show, television series called Dark. Um, and it ran for three seasons, uh, told a complete story. So if anyone wants to go check it out, they're not going to be left hanging with a, a great show that got canceled or anything. It was planned out as a three season arc. They completed their three season arc. They told the whole story, start to finish, satisfying ending. Great, great show. Um, it is German, um, so of you know I would recommend leaving the German audio and reading the subtitles. I know that's not everybody's cup of tea, but I would highly recommend that version of it if you are going to watch it. Um, I, I I will say that the the dubbed version is not bad though. I've heard that. I've had more than one person after I screamed at them for for doing the English <laughs> audio they said it's really not that bad uh, i think about them well uh hi, hi I, i'm being hyperbolic um anyway the show ran for start debuted in 2017 um and finished up in 2020 um and basically um follows characters uh in a town called winden in germany um, where they are trying to find out the truth of some missing kids, kids that go missing. Um, and uh, it in, does involve, it's not too big of a spoiler because I think it's like the second episode, you figure it out, maybe even the first, I don't remember. Um, but it does have time travel in it. So you are seeing um, the same characters in multiple timelines. Um, so not only do you have the German language to help um, confuse you, but you also have <laughs> characters of different ages in different timelines um, to also confuse you. It is a show that you have to pay attention to. It is not a show to just put on in the background um, while you're doing dishes or something. It's like it is one you have to commit to. You have to sit down and go, I am going to really focus and concentrate on this show and pay attention to it. So if that's not how you watch TV, I wouldn't recommend um, that's, you know, I wouldn't recommend this show to you <laughs> if you're not ready to commit. Which unfortunately is how a lot of people watch TV nowadays. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just it was just so cool when when I when I first started watching it, rarely do I get more than one episode or two episodes of a show done before I have to call it quit for the nights here, you know. Um, but this one, I think I was like on to the third episode and it was getting close to, to bedtime. It was even getting kind of late for my it was bedtime like, on, at least, on, a, on a work. It was like what at least eight o'clock. It was it was getting close <laughs> to nine probably. Uh, now it was, it was I think it was in like the third I think it was in the third episode and it was getting close to midnight. But by the like when that third episode ended, I, and I would have never considered doing this, but like I was going to call in sick <laughs> to work the next day so I could stay up all night and finish it. Like that's where I was with that. Like, and it, and I, and, and I was a teacher. So like, that's not an easy task. I didn't have sub plans ready to go. It would have been a, like, it wouldn't have been good. Uh, but like, I was so close to just being like, nope, I'm staying up all night or just going in and teaching on one hour of sleep because I was really tempted to do that. Um, but it's got a lot of things that I like. 
that have kind of shown up in in other previous shows that I like. I, it's got caves. It's got power plants. It's got missing children. It's got bunkers. Um, it's got uh, you know the multiple timelines going. It just it, it's got so much going on. It, it just super super cool and lots of twists, tons of twists and turns. And, uh, and the, even like by the third season, it just gets, it's just bonkers by the third season um, with, with all the, the twists and turns and time travel and timelines and things that you're keeping track of. Uh, but caves it, and uh, power plants. Caves and power plants. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm like, like, I'm a big, like that is for me, like I, I'm a big cave person. Like I, I like to spelunk. I like to explore caves. I've, I have unearthed four caves on on my property and that have never had never been gone in by a human and i was the first one to go into them um so like it's a really caves are really thrilling to me and uh so this has a very cave thing and just uh, more places to, to hide the bodies more places to hide the bodies um I had a, yeah tying it back to mm, my, uh, my star wars uh, action figure collection i I thought when I <laughs> when I died, I should just be like set up in like a lawn chair down at the bottom of a cave, like you know, with all with all my action figures behind me, and just like a, a shotgun on my lap. So just some future generation person who like you know stumbles upon the cave and and decides to go exploring will will come up upon my mummified body with with the shotgun and my toy collection behind me. Sounds like something you would stumble across in a in an Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I'd like to point out that Noah managed to get his Star Wars figures in this conversation. Yeah. Regardless of what we're actually talking about. <laughs> with uh, talking about Hammerhead and AKA Mona Barrett or whatever. Well played, yeah. Butler. Yeah, well done. Well played. I wanted to uh, also add that if if you want, if, if listeners out there, if you wind up watching this show and liking it, the creators of the show are making a new one. I think it's supposed to debut in 2023, I believe. Um, but they are making a, a new show, which I'm really excited about. Um, about a, a steamliner going from London to New York and uh, is it 18? I think it's the title of the show. I think it's called 1899. So it's set in 1899 and they they come across like another, like uh, a ghost ship, you know, like a, a, another ship adrift <laughs> and takes this dark and kind of horrifying nightmare turn. And they say, so it sounds really, sounds really cool. And if it's coming from the creators of, of dark, it's gotta just be, it's gotta be awesome. It's gotta be great. So I'm excited about that. Dark is it's currently so streaming on Netflix, right? It, yes. Okay. Yep, it, that's where it originated. I mean, that's where it first, first, it was made, I believe for Netflix. And Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix has done a few, they've, They've gone out and grabbed some cool, um, some cool German foreign shows. Foreign shows. That well, there was another one, uh, Babylon Berlin was was a pretty cool show too. That they were. Uh, that, I think it's pronounced Babylon Five. That's <laughs> that's a different one. Avenue Five. Um, so that yeah, they, I, I'll give it to Netflix for for grabbing some. Anybody ever watch uh, like Run Lola Run? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So like this is the same guy who made that made Babylon Berlin. 
Oh, it's, it's a cool show set right before, like, you know, right before the Nazis kind of start the rise of the Nazis in, in Germany. Um, and so it's, 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 it's interesting. It's a cool show too. Not science fiction though. Kind of a dark noir mystery is kind of what that is. But I know Chris, um, Chris, you and Mike both watched Dark. And I don't, you, you haven't seen it, right? I haven't seen it yet, no. So Chris and Mike, you, if you have anything to add to that, because I know you both watched it. I did watch it and I watched it on your recommendation, as I recall. And yes. one thing I can say about this show, I agree with everything you said, by the way. Time travel is a really tricky subject and it's really, really easy to make it incomprehensible or just a way where you can, where it's just riddled with holes. And I think this show does a really, really good job with time travel. Um, I don't know that I know of any perfect instances of <laughs> where there's time travel in a show or, or movie. Back to the future. <laughs> I would like to agree with you on that, but no. Um, the, uh, but I think they do a really good job with, with the time travel and it's really uh, just a compelling story. And a, there's a lot of moments where you're like, oh, what? <laughs> you know, we're just like, wow, I did not see that coming. So and, it's, and also it's really the cool. Yeah, and the and the acting was really good too. I mean, the yeah, they did a really good job of acting, and it's just got a very um, just kind of the tone and the visuals too yeah. are very atmospheric and cool as well. Well, the the other thing is that just the whole concept altogether was something I hadn't seen before, and it's probably a variation on something. I mean, everything is, yeah. but I thought it was really unique. Just the whole idea behind it was really unique. Yeah. I agree. I started it on your recommendation. <laughs> uh, I, I did not finish it, but not because it wasn't good, because it was actually very good. I just got distracted and kind of never went back, kind of forgot about it. So I do need to finish it. How far were you? I think I got near the end of the first season. Okay. Um, I don't think I finished the first season, but uh, I definitely watched several episodes. Well, at least now you don't have to wait for another season to come out because they're all they all exist. Mm. Yeah, true. I think I think when I had originally suggested to you, I think it may have only had two seasons. The third season, I don't think was out. I remember I watched the third season when it came out. I'm pretty sure it was two seasons when you told me about it. I think you and I were watching at the same time when the third season came out. We were, yeah. And I went back and I went back and rewatched the first two seasons before the third season came out just because I wanted. That's right. Because get, I had to get watched, my head like, together. Yeah. Cause I think I was watching it about the same time. Those, the first two seasons while you were rewatching. Yeah. Yeah. So that's dark. It's very Check cool. it out folks. If, if, if anything we've said sounds intriguing, <clears throat> but leave the German audio on for the love of God. Oh my God, you <laughs> purist. I, I agree. I agree. Reading is hard. It can be sometimes. <laughs> I guess I guess it really <laughs> de depends on, on how much you want to pay attention. Like if you need to look away for some reason, probably go with the English audio. But if you want to if you if you if you want to re read a novel with some German, 
What's funny, <laughs> what's funny is that I cannot, like my parents will have the subtitles on for regular, any show, any show. Oh, I, uh, I do too. I, and it drives me nuts. Can't. Like I will not watch the show where I can understand the language and also see the words below. Like to me, the words are so distracting from what's going on. In it, the show. it is very distracting. Is funny. I agree. If it's if the subtitles are on, the closed captions are on while I'm watching an English show, I cannot help but read the captions. And it's not always exactly how they say it, and then, yeah. and that, that drives yeah. me nuts. Yeah, yeah, I'll notice that. But it, but I like I like having them on just because I ruined my ears from years and years of being a dumbass and not wearing earplugs at shows. Mm. Well, you know, <laughs> yep. also there's I just a new, turn it up. I, I thought it was just me. I have to turn it up too because I but I read some article where it said it says, No, it's not you. This is why you can't hear dialogue in TV shows. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. there is an actual like I didn't read the article. Well, um, and- and the music is always super loud. Like sometimes it's so loud you can't hear the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And there's some technical reason for it, which I'm sure we can all go look up. But but <laughs> it's just I was too annoyed by it. I'm like, yes, you're right. That's I think I read that same article that you're talking about. So I understand why people would put on the subtitles because it is so difficult sometimes to hear the dialogue um, unless you have, like, have the remote ready to turn it up, turn it down, turn it up, I actually do that sometimes. Like when it, it when, yeah. when an, an action sequence starts, I will turn it down. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just generally keep it up unless the kids are sleeping or something and I have to turn it down. Otherwise I just don't care. I like it loud. <laughs> <laughs> I like that immersive feeling. Speaking, speaking of Chris liking things, let's hear about what uh what, what what show Chris likes and wants to recommend to everybody. Yeah, let's let's. So I am much more in the sci-fi space direction, much like Star Trek, and uh, much like Star Trek, this show has a um, a degree of realism to it. Uh, it's set in a in a time that is in our future, and the show that I'm speaking of is called The Expanse, and it was originally on Sci-Fi Network, and it got uh, canceled after, I want to say, season three, mm-hmm. and then it got picked up by Amazon, and so you can watch it on Amazon. It got picked up for like three more seasons on Amazon too, right? It went, all, it went right. up like season six or something, so yeah. So um, there are actually nine books that, that the, is the source material. And um, after, after I watched the, the show in its entirety, the six seasons, I went through and pretty much devoured these books in a couple of months. And they're, you know, novel length, they're books, you know, and there's actually a 10th book, which is kind of supplemental stories that, uh, where you know they're mentioned within the main story, but they didn't really fit in the main story. So there, it's stories that are related to the to the um, the main story. But it's it's such an engrossing story. Um, basically, the story revolves around this future world where Earth is Earth is still Earth, but the technology is much greater than we have now, and space travel and extensive space travel as possible. Mars has been colonized. There's a lunar base 
And there's also people that live out in the um, uh, the asteroid belt in, uh, in our solar system. And so there are these, basically these three factions, there's Earth, Mars, and the belt, and they have, it's almost like a caste system. So, you know, Earth is kind of the the royals, you know, I mean, this is where humanity originated. And then you have kind of the military faction on Mars and you have the belters or these, you know, outworld um, kind of, uh, you know, working class. They, you know, they, they have to, uh, you know, scrabble <laughs> for anything they have. They get water from like ice that have, that's formed in space. So it's, it's this really cool idea of, how humanity spreads itself out and how, how they've changed as they spread themselves out. And the first season and the first book as well is basically uh, a murder mystery. Uh, well, not really a murder mystery, but it's like a crime story. It's almost noir in that there's this, uh, this police officer in the belt and this girl goes missing and she's the daughter of some, you know, this rich family and he's trying to look for her. And he kind of becomes obsessed and um, throughout the story, different, uh, you know, you different stories with different groups kind of start developing. So people on earth and people on, on Mars and people on out on the belt. And uh, it's just this really rich story. And at the core of this story is this uh, alien substance basically that has been found and it profoundly changes everything. And so the Mars and Earth and the Belters hate each other. And then there's this element that everybody wants because it could make them more powerful. And it's just it's just so good. And it goes through the books are like I said, there's nine books. The series goes six seasons, and they pretty much go along with the first six books. And then the seventh book, there's like a 20-year time jump. And so that's why they stopped it at um, season six, because they didn't really know how to age these characters 20 years, believably, and finish out this story. So there's elements from the later books that kind of bleed into that last season. Um, there's a lot of, there's some characters that are left out or kind of, um, you know, extra characters that are kind of combinations of other characters. It's just a really cool story. They don't have lasers, you know, it's, they have, you know, the, the battleships have, um, you know, guns and, and like rail guns and, you know, bullets and things like that. And they have, um, the other thing is really cool, much like Battlestar Galactica, you know, from the early 2000s, the Expanse has some really cool, like space physics, you know? Much better than BSG, but I think when Battlestar Galactica came out, just the way they filmed space travel was really unique and interesting. And in The Expanse, if they go really fast, they have to be shot up with this drug that basically keeps them alive because the the you know the G's that they pull when they go so fast would kill them otherwise, you know, or mm. like they pass out. So it's having a stroke is common when you go too fast for too long. Oh, Jesus. I mean, it's, I could just sit here and yammer about it forever, but it's, it's just so good. Didn't, um, did I, am I incorrect in thinking that it, it's very, very 
accurate in depicting a lot of kind of space travel, uh, future technology that that seems very uh, practical and plausible. Um, like I even felt like they had, so I read somewhere or something that there was like, you know, experts, NASA people who are, you know, somebody who, who was very knowledgeable about space travel, you know, as it is now and what you, you know, how it would change and adapt with technology and, and that they were very, yeah. it was very accurate I, and very um, true. I totally wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't know for sure. But I feel like I read that somewhere, but that could be wrong. Well, for example, uh, when they travel to, um, you know, wherever, you know, from one place to another in space, there's there's this special drive that they use that um, allows them to go uh, cross large. Di it's not like warp, you know, <laughs> they, it's, you know, but it's, it's, it's fast. But when they, instead of just like, you know, magically slowing down, they actually have to flip the ship around and burn the other way to slow to slow the speed that they're going. And then that's how they, it's like this long, you know, it's not like you can just stop in space because you know, there's no, they got to pull a Rockford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Basically. So it's just these little details in one of the seasons, there's one of the, uh, there's a ship that's kind of falling into this planet and there's another ship that doesn't, their drive has lost power. And so what they do is they attach, they basically hook up to this other ship and they, fire the railgun and the the inertia from the the railgun helps pull it up out of the atmosphere just enough so that it doesn't just drop into the onto the surface just like these little i you know these these little touches that make it just give it this sense of realism and it, it's just a it's just a really cool show i mean obviously it's a show about space and so not everything is 100 you know realistic but I mean, it is science fiction, but it's just that you can really tell that they put a lot of effort into making things seem uh, like this could happen someday, you know? Yeah. In the, um, one of the starting from the first season, Thomas Jane is in it. And uh, he's probably the biggest name that you would know, but also, and I'm going to mangle her name, uh, Shore Agadashlu. Um, sure. She's, she's got this, she's got this great voice. You, you, you've definitely seen her before, but, she, uh, I mean, they're probably the two actors that you might actually know, but the other, like a lot of the, the names in the show are ones you wouldn't recognize, but the acting's really solid. Um, the one thing I will say though, is that it takes a little bit of get, getting used to the belters have a, a way of speaking that is, kind of mangled english along with uh you know kind of their own language that they've created and it's it takes a when i first heard it i was like what are they doing you know <laughs> it just took a little get, getting used to but once you once you kind of get into it um it, it seems perfectly natural oh yeah and uh david straight there and is in it uh i think he comes in in like season two or three but he's another guy that you you know he does the um <laughs> uh iu health commercials are used to <laughs> what <laughs> yeah he's the voice oh, you know okay. him if he's there's you know he's one of those guys that you may not know who he is by his name but you'd know him if you saw him Ugh. yeah <laughs> but it's such a great show and i i highly recommend 
the books too if you're into reading because they're they take the whole mythology and just expand it and it's they're just very engrossing like i said i just thrashed through them in like a couple months you, you and did. i don't generally i don't generally do that yeah i i have watched uh all six seasons um upon i think upon your recommendation chris as well as others i had heard other people talking about it um it was just one that i hadn't had anybody personally push and then you started personally pushing it and and i was like okay you know and i and i watch it and it is it is really good um and it's for like someone listening who may who, who's never heard of it or, or hasn't seen it um, and hearing some of Chris's description, you know, talking about an, an alien entity and making, you know, making, having it be powerful and make people more powerful. Um, you got to go into the show knowing it is, it's a very show that's very grounded in like politics and mm -hmm. relationships it is not like even the alien end of it is just sort of a side. I mean, it's an it's part of the plot and it's integral to moving the plot forward. But it's just it's it's the politics of of the all the different factions and all the relationships between the crew members that just that that's like the heavy part of the show, and that's that's what makes it you know, that was what draws you in and gets you hooked was, is, is uh, all the people and all the characters. It's just got some really great characters in it, yeah. but it's very much a more serious sort of political space drama than it is a, a you know, um, uh, alien thriller, you know, shoot them yeah. up kind of thing. Well, and it also, the, the lead actor, um, Stephen Strait, he plays uh, James Holden and he he's the the captain of his ship the Rocinante and if you know anything about the name Rocinante it was the name of Don Quixote's horse and oh. Holden Holden is very much the hapless hero you know he does things purely like he just leads with his heart and does things that are that end up being creating massive change but could be considered really stupid you know like not well thought out and so you know he's the one who actually names the ship the Rocinante, which is kind of a um you know kind of foreshadowing i guess for the way the way he is and and how what direction he and his crew are going to be going so it's 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 a really smart show i mean it's smartly written i just can't say enough about it it's just great yeah, I need to, I really need to get into it. I've heard nothing but good things about it, but my sci-fi itself viewing is very limited for some reason, because it's, it's not like a thing I use for like escapism. Mm -hmm. So I mainly go for like comedies and things like that whenever when I'm like, just have a moment to myself. But yeah, that's definitely one of the ones that I need to get into considering all the seasons are available streaming. So I, I really got to get on it and watch it. Yeah, I, I love sci-fi. And so pretty much anytime I see something new science fiction that's coming out, I am I at least want to try. I mean, I think I started I started watching The Expanse during its first season and um, or it might have been because I don't I didn't I don't think I had access to sci-fi at the time. So it might have been the second season. I, you know, I had to wait till it was streaming. 
Yeah. I mean, right when I saw it, I'm like, I got to check this show out. You know, I mean, and I'm so glad I did. I mean, it's a good enough show that once I finished it, I was like, I need to have more. I have to read the books to see what those are like and see what the rest of the story is like. So if, I mean, if that tells you anything, you know, go watch it. (laughs) Mike, have have, have you watched any of the Expanse? (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes, I have. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll I'll say this: I've started it four times. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Each time I get a little bit farther, but the farthest I've made it is like eight or nine episodes. And everyone talks about this show. I mean, people whose opinions I, I, uh, I believe. You know, uh, they talk about how great it is, and for some reason, I. I don't know what it is. I just, I, I get so bored with it. I, I, I don't like any of the characters. <laughs> uh, it's funny because everyone talks about it like the way you guys are talking about it and you describe these characters or, or whatever. And like, all I can think of is like, I feel the exact opposite of what you're saying. <laughs> like eight episodes in and I do not, I, I still can't tell these characters apart. They all seem the same to me. And I think I think part of the problem that I have with it is is I mean obviously it's my problem. Um, I, <laughs> I I am I, I'm I'm not I'm just not that into the dystopian sci-fi. Hmm. Um, hmm. I, I like a little bit of it, but when it's just so gritty and and dark and and like that like a lot of shows nowadays are like this where they just they put all these characters together. And none of them like each other, but they have to work together for whatever reason. And there's all this like backstabbing and whatever. And I just, I don't know. I just get really, really bored of that. I, I like some positivity and, and, and some utopia in my sci-fi, you know, I don't like for the whole thing to just be dark and depressing. That That's fair. And, and the first season I'll give you there's because the um, the core group of of, you know, the crew, you know, Holden and Naomi and Amos and Alex, they are. They at the beginning of the show, they're working on on an ice hauler, basically, and they've been I think um, Amos and and Naomi have known each other for a long time. And the other the other two, uh, they don't really know each other. And so there's a lot of friction in the beginning because um, Amos kind of protects Naomi and anytime there's, you know, disagreement with, with Jim, who's the the captain, there's, it's just, there's a lot of tension. And so as the show develops, these people become this unconventional family. And although some of them have family, you know, uh, James Holden actually has like four dads and five moms or something. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, he, he comes from this family on earth. That's, it's like, you know, uh, they have multiple um, spouses. And so he has this huge family and conversely, Amos is this guy who basically grew up in this system that as a child, he was, um, a prostitute basically and you know drugs and criminal criminality and so he comes from this completely different world and so these two people are trying to live together and understand each other and it takes a long time 
for that relationship to develop where Amos looks at Jim as not only a friend, but someone who he, he would die for, you know? So it, as, as the, and Mike, I know, I know we give you this all the time. Oh, just, you know, keep going. The next season gets better. <laughs> it's not that it gets, I, for me, it's not that it necessarily gets better. It's just different. It evolves. And I think that's one thing about the show that I really love is that each season is it's not the same thing season over season. You know, the first season is almost like a, a a mystery, you know, trying to find this missing girl. And then the next season is about this, you know, th- they've discovered this substance that is, can endanger the universe or empower, you know, make, you know, empower whoever has it. And it becomes more about stopping and destroying this, what this, so it's, it's it's a very uh it has a very natural evolution i mean by the time you get to seasons five and six it's like war you know (laughs) between this this splinter faction from the belts and mars and and earth and it's just you know the characters are never you know they don't just stay the same character they evolve um you know even james holden who's like the the golden boy at the beginning you know he he hardens and he has to kind of um, you know, he gets, he makes some really bad choices and some really dark choices. And then the way they kind of do that for him, he just kind of turns on a dime. He's like, wait, I'm doing these horrible things. I don't want to do that anymore. So it's a little bit convenient, but still the, the point is there, there is evolution. It does change. So if you are a little bored with the first season, you know, you might like this, the next season, if well, you don't, how, well, you know, how, how you lost, how lost would I be if I skipped ahead to the second season? you at least want to watch the final episode of the first season because <laughs> mm-hmm. there, you know, the, that kind of, I mean, you already kind of know what's going on. I think that would, you just be missing a couple episodes and at least then, you know, kind of what happened. The proto molecule is this thing that's, you know, in this alien substance and you'll know what happens with that. You'll know what happens with Julie Mao, the girl who was missing, you know, you know what happens with detective Miller, who is uh, Thomas Jane. And uh, you kind of have something to, to go on as you get into the second season. Cause what happens at the end of the first season really plays into the rest of the, you know, the next season. You sound like Noah, Mike and I trying to convince Noah to watch it, to just, just keep watching Deep Space Nine. Keep going. (laughs) Well, see, Mike, Mike knows that I tried and tried and tried to get him to watch Teen Wolf and he just kept trying and he just, I watched over a season. (laughs) And he just, but then then again, this is also, this is also like like Mike and now my girlfriend Trey tried to tell me that I I need to watch Buffy. And I was like, I watched three and a half seasons. You know, it's not not every, it's not for everybody, I'm sure. But you know, Teen Wolf is quite good. <laughs> well, since uh, Mike has some opinions, let's hear what uh, Mike's choice is that that we're going to disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. Uh, <clears throat> and unlike Noah's uh, three seasons that <laughs> consist of thirty episodes. Uh, the the show or the franchise that I'm going to recommend is uh, 350 episodes and uh, three movies. Uh, Overachiever. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Stargate. Is this Stargate SG? One? It's uh, the the whole franchise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, 
all the iterations. So, so yeah, it starts with a movie. Movie came out in 1994. Uh, this is called Stargate. Classic. Classic. Yeah, it's a great movie. Um, very very good sci-fi. Uh, and then you know that was it. And a couple of years went by. Uh, and uh, the, the the movie starred uh, Kurt Russell. Um, and classic. Uh, Love and, Kurt Russell. And um, seriously, Jay, Kurt Jay, Russell is easily one of my favorite actors. Oh, I yeah. love that guy. Love that uh, guy. So Kurt Russell and, and James Spader, uh, they played the two main characters, and you know their performances were fantastic. So, so, so a couple of years go by, like two or three years, and then uh, Showtime starts a, a TV show based on Stargate uh, called Stargate SG One. And um, they have the same characters in it. So they have uh, the main character, which was Kurt Russell's character, Jack O'Neill. Uh, he's in the show, but the, but now uh, the they replaced him with uh, Richard Dean Anderson, who uh, everybody knows as MacGyver. Mm-hmm. And uh, and another actor, uh, Michael Shanks, who plays. Uh, Dr. Daniel Jackson, which was James Spader's character. And the crazy thing is, is uh, Michael Shanks like looks and sounds just like James Spader. So it, it, it's, it's uncanny. It's a, yeah, it's a really good transition. Uh, so uh, SG-1 uh, ran for 10 seasons um, after I think it's season four, they switched from Showtime to Sci-Fi. Um, but like watching the show, like it, there's, it's not like you can tell that it's different, you know, like it's a, it's seamless, like the quality and everything stays the same. Actually with that show, uh, the first season's a little rough. I mean, it's the first season and some of the effects are really cheap and cheesy and, you know, some of the acting and directing is a little clunky, but it's still pretty good. But as the show progresses over the 10 seasons, like it just gets better and better and better. And uh, I, I, I'm ashamed to say that when it came out in the nineties, I watched like maybe five or 10 episodes and I was like, this is boring. This sucks. It's not for me. And I never watched it ever again uh, the entire time it was on. And then uh, they had a spinoff after season seven of of SG one, they spun it off into another show, which was Stargate Atlantis. And, uh, that show, uh, ran for five seasons. And so there's, I don't know, there's, there's so much to, to discuss about Stargate as you have, have any of you watched it? Any of the Stargates? I watched a few seasons of it here and there, but I, I for some reason, I must've thought it was more like a, uh, like a like a thing that just ran on like Saturday afternoons or something because that's that's when I seem to remember always seem to seeming to catch it. I caught maybe one episode, a couple episodes, but maybe I didn't like. It felt like at that time there was just a lot of weird, like a lot of like. <laughs> seemingly like low budget sci-fi that was just on tv and so i don't it wasn't there like a babylon babylon show babylon five is that what it's called yeah Mm -hmm. like that show was on at the same time right yeah there's a there's a lot of shows from the mid 90s that fall into that category with like the cheap low budget effects and and everything yeah uh, 
and yeah. the first one or two seasons of of SG one definitely like crosses the Venn diagram with those. Like <laughs> uh, even you know, that, even though it was on Showtime, I figured on Showtime it would have had some. It, it had some pretty right. good effects at on at times, but other times it was it was pretty cheap. You could tell they were like putting the 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 money towards certain scenes and effects and not others. I started watching the first season because Mike, you've talked about it and I thought, you know what? I need to watch this. I think I've watched like six or seven episodes and you know, like Noah said, it very much feels like that mid nineties, you know, cookie cutter kind of sci-fi, which I, it's not that I didn't, that I don't like it. It just, it wasn't compelling enough that I was like, I got to watch this. And there's other things I was watching. So I just have never gone back to it. Well, not, not to, not to sound like a broken record, but you know, like it, yeah. it, it gets better in the next season and then <laughs> in the next, they, they, they really hit their stride in, I think the third season. Now the, the first two seasons have pretty good episodes that some duds, but I think around the third season, they kind of, figure it out and from that point on like every episode is solid like there are there are very few duds for the rest of the whole franchise um so anyways uh atlantis ran for five seasons and it was around it was uh during the fifth season which was ended up being the last one that i kept seeing commercials for it on sci-fi and like there are a lot of star trek uh actors on stargate uh, over the years and a lot of them have recurring roles and and they like um connor Trenier has a pretty big role uh recurring in atlantis um robert picardo is in both shows he, i mean uh, uh, yeah. he's he's in like a total of like 30 or 40 episodes over the whole thing so um is he like the the jeff combs of stargate <laughs> <laughs> no but there are a couple of guys that if you watch it enough times you start to recognize them in multiple yeah. roles and you're like i know that guy he was in that other episode <laughs> um it, it definitely suffers from that where you see the the reuse of characters or not uh characters but actors so then atlantis ended after season five and then they had another show it was a uh, stargate universe and that ran for two seasons and uh, universe is actually a lot closer to the kind of stuff you guys are talking about. Like, it's definitely like, like a Battlestar Galactica feel. Um, uh, it's based on a ship in space and they're like cut off from earth altogether. So, you know, it's and, and everybody hates each other and they don't get along. So, you know, you love it. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's hard to sell people on it because the first season is like straight out of the movie. And all it is, is like, you know, they've got this Stargate that they go through and visit other planets and it's very cookie cutter for a lot of the first and second season, but then they well, start to. Mike, the, the first season, if, if I'm remembering correctly, it's very episodic, right? It's like each episode can be taken and just like a lot of yeah. you know a lot of star trek you can just watch any given episode and just have a story like yeah they're encapsulated story it is very episodic and actually uh both sg1 and atlantis are mostly episodic for their entire run but the the further you get in the bigger the arcs and the bigger the more each episode relates to it um but definitely the first 
one or two seasons of SG one is very episodic. But the weird thing is, it's like when you go back and watch it, like every episode has relevance for the rest of the series. Um, you know, like there's little things that happen. Like there's, there's probably only like maybe five or 10 episodes in the first two seasons that, that you could just completely not ever watch and they don't matter. Uh, most of them have like recurring, like ongoing effects to the story. Are these, are, are the seasons like nineties network length or are they like, you know, pay TV length, you know, like 10 episodes or whatever? Uh, they, they're like 20 episodes a season. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. So your standard TV show length of the day. Yeah. So there's okay. uh there's 17 seasons altogether between the three shows and 352 episodes, I think. Good Lord. Um, And there's also uh, two more movies that they made. Uh, So the first movie, it's the only one that has the, you know, Kurt Russell and James Spader, but they made the two other movies with the the cast and TV show, which were made for TV movies. I mean, they were totally like continuations of the, of the show. Um, But they're really good too. And uh, actually both of them kind of, you, you you watch them after the series is over and they kind of wrap up all of the main storylines. So it's kind of nice. Like nothing is really left un undone by the end of it um, between SG one and Atlantis. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not like they got canceled and you just never found out what happened. True. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the nice thing about having like multiple iterations of basically the same show. I mean, like, like along the lines of star Trek, I mean, you're going to get, you know, callbacks to like previous seasons, previous series, things like that. And so it just kind of helps with like a continuing storyline and building that whole like in-universe kind of mythos. And speaking of Star Trek, there are not only are there a lot of Star Trek actors that appear in it, but there are a lot of Star Trek jokes. Really? Yeah, like not in every episode, but they make references to Star Trek all the time on Star on Stargate. Um, is it is it uh, kind of deferential or are they making fun of it? Oh no, it's it, it's it's definitely a, a love of of Star Trek and sci-fi. Like um, like uh, when so uh, the further you get into it, the more it's less about the actual Stargate itself and more about the whole universe uh, within the franchise and. You know, there's like alien races and there are, you know, spaceships and everything like it's way more sci fi <laughs> they're, they're like there's one point where they they discover a, a new ship that they or they like claim a ship that they found in space. And one guy's like uh, this is on Atlantis. And actually, my favorite character on Atlantis uh, is Dr. McKay. Uh, he's pretty awesome. And he he's like. Or, or they're like, what are we going to name it? And he's he's about to say something. And then the other guy's like, we're not going to name it the Enterprise. <laughs> and it, it's pretty funny. There's like little references like that all the time. And they like refer to some guys as red shirts and <laughs> stuff like that. Like it's 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 a lot of fun. The, that's cool. The, that's that's nice that they pay tribute to a show that ex- they probably wouldn't exist if right they're, exactly. they're, they're very self-aware and actually by the end like you're getting when you get close to the end of the series they kind of have a, there's a lot of tongue-in-cheek jokes about themselves because you know they realize how long they've been on the air and yeah 
you know, they, they, they like make jokes about like, like a lot of inside jokes that you can watch it and not even realize that they're doing it. But if you know about like all of the behind the scenes stuff, like there's an, the, the 200th episode of SG one is called 200. Like that's the title of the episode. <laughs> and the whole premise of that episode is that they're, uh, they're making a movie um, like Hollywood is making a movie about, okay, so I have to go back a little bit. Earlier in the series, there was an episode <laughs> where, where this guy is making a TV show that's based on Stargate. And it's this really funny, great episode. And they have all these actors that are playing like the same characters, well, characters that are based on those characters. It's It's all meta. So then on the 200th episode, they're turning that show into a movie. And so there's they just have the whole show is just them talking about all of this stuff from the series and there are all these great inside jokes and and like there's no there's nothing happens in that episode it's just them making fun of themselves and it's awesome i like it i could go on about stargate like for hours and hours especially with people who have seen it so you guys should watch it so that we can talk about it i'll watch more of it I'll watch all 350 some odd episodes, Mike. Don't worry. I, I promise you, I, I, I promise you that it gets good and you will get into it, especially you, Chris. I think you will really like it, Chris. Okay. <laughs> I just got to commit. Yeah. Commit to it. It, it picks up Look, pretty, it, pretty fast it, once you get in like the second and third season. If I can commit to Stargate. You can commit to the expanse. <laughs> that's a that's an even trade. Yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm I I I try I keep going back to it and trying to get farther because everyone keeps talking about how much they love it. Like I said, all these people that I trust their opinion. So you know I've got to be like, you know, and and uh, and shows that I love that I know the first season is hard to get through, like Buffy. Um, <laughs> You know, and I, I, you know, it's like, it's hard to sell somebody on it because you know that it gets so good later, but they have to push through and get to it. So uh, well, I will, I, I will push through. Mike, and I, I, I do, I do agree with you. I remember when I first started watching it, um, that it was hard. Like, I don't remember for how long, whether it was the whole first season or just part of the first season, it, it was hard to like I don't want to say like the characters but they were just they all they had their different individual personalities but you just did as a viewer you didn't feel bonded to them quite yeah. you know uh yeah. but you do eventually like and I don't know at what point it made that turn I don't know if that's the second because it's been too long now since I've since I last watched it but like I don't know if that turn is in the second season or if it was somewhere in the first but like I know what you were feeling because it just um, it was it was hard to sort of just kind of feel a bond to the characters, and then all of a sudden it was there. But I don't remember when that happened. Um, and I'm not one to you know I'm not one to keep pushing through to make that happen. Yeah, so it had to have happened well, you know sooner than later. I th I think it has a quality that for me I liked it from the beginning, but I didn't care about it right away. You know what I mean? I like I liked and I enjoyed watching it. And I kept watching it, but I wasn't just, I wasn't excited about it. You know what I mean? Like you get mm -hmm. yeah. excited and you like, just 
you know, you're watching and like, like dark, you know, you're watching and you're like, oh man, it's one o'clock. Should I keep going? It wasn't like that. But as a, as the show kept, you know, as it progressed, it became more and more like, oh man, I got, I got time for one more episode. I, you know, I, I, I hate to say that that's, that's how I felt about the first season of discovery. Um, because it definitely had that same feel where people they they didn't like each other like they there was a lot of turmoil and it wasn't utopian enough for me especially for star trek um i will say that you know they got away from that mostly and i I love discovery now um and I, i i've gone back and watched the first season and i like it better now than i did the first time through um, but it, it, I definitely felt that way about it as well. So I'll, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll definitely push through on the expanse. I'm sure that it gets more like something I would enjoy. Something I forgot to mention before is, um, and I think Noah said about Dark that it, it, uh, you know, it ends and it's a satisfying ending, despite the fact that they end the show after six seasons and there's still three more books for the story. They, they do tie everything up. So it's, it's not like you're just left because they had planned on ending it there, even though they had a little hiccup when they had to shift networks. Um, but they they did make a plan to end there, so it's not like it it doesn't feel unfinished. So that's that's good. So uh, one one last thing I wanted to say about Stargate uh, is that um, I, I love SG One; it's a great show and, and everything. But Atlantis is definitely my favorite of of all of the different Stargate shows. It just has like a perfect mix of everything that I want in science fiction, you know, like the the science fiction, the action, the comedy, adventure, the really cool characters. Um, actually, um, uh, Jason Momoa is on the show um, for the first really? yeah season two through or two through five. Uh, he's on. Yeah. He's in all all of those seasons. So I, for, I forgot about that. Maybe yeah, I can it, get Jennifer to watch it. Jennifer yeah, his, would definitely watch it if Jason Momoa was on it. His his character is pretty awesome. Cool. So Andy, what what do you got for us? Well, like I mentioned earlier, um, I'm not super duper into sci-fi outside of Star Trek, really. I mean, of course, you know, there's Firefly and there's Star Wars and things like that, but I didn't want to go and cover something that a million other people have already covered. Um, so I went more the fantasy comedy route and, uh, uh, some vampires, you know, some comedy, some blood. So, uh, I'm going with, uh, what, what, what we do in the shadows, the movie and the TV show, Yay. <laughs> which I'm sure is a show that all of us have probably watched and can also agree that it is awesome. Um, yes, agree. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, actually, I I still to this day have not watched the movie. Oh man! Oh man! You have to watch the I, movie. I know. Get, get I, out I, of here. I plan to. I just haven't. Because the best the best scene in the in the whole movie is has Murray in it. You know, Murray from yeah, uh, no, I, the Concords. I, I, I the Concords, yeah. Rise, it, yeah. Rise Davies, right? Or, no, no, Rise. Reese Darby. Uh, Reese Darby. Yeah. Darby. Yeah. Yeah. He just steals steals the just steals the scene just steals the it's like the best moment yeah i mean that has me. taika is in that and yeah um uh jermaine clement, jermaine is in clement. That. Mm. it's man it's good it's yeah. funny 
Yeah, what is it? It's nice too because because Taika and and um, Jermaine both appear in an in an episode of the TV show too. Yeah. When they're when they're when the main characters are brought brought before the vampiric council, the yes. TV's got a lot of nice surprise uh, oh guests and recurring characters and recurring characters, which there are some Trek ties in this that I'm going to get to. Oh, indeed. Yeah, there's like <laughs> at, at least three. I'm sure there's probably def, there's definitely more, probably with voiceover things and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, been going since I I thought it started way earlier, but for some reason it's only been on since 2019, and I have looked forward to it every single season, every single week when new episodes would drop. Um, between Nadia, Laszlo, Nandor, Guillermo, and of course the only one with two names, Colin, Colin Robinson, Robinson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is so good in and of itself um just the thought of basically monsters located on staten island because they don't want to go out they're they're just basically too lazy to go out and conquer the rest of the world is just so hilarious to me and that i i love that they shoot the show mainly at what they actually call vampire hours they shoot the show at night so none of the none of the actors have a regular schedule anymore, mm-hmm. and not, neither does the crew. And uh, yeah, it's one of the funniest possible shows on television right now, and it's it, it cannot be beat, honestly, right now, comedy wise. So l- let me ask you this because I don't remember for some reason when the when the last season ended, um, I somewhere i got the impression that that was it like that was the end of the show oh no 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 that's not correct spoilers for uh something that just came out like a month ago by the way yeah yeah (laughs) i'm I'm just a few episodes away from from finishing out the latest season yeah from 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 what you described you're you're almost there but you still got it like two or three episodes until the till the season finale this most recent season yeah and i I think i think what makes this show work the best is the um the clashing personalities (laughs) oh yeah yeah (laughs) well i mean maybe just between like like nandor and like nandor and laszlo like Mm -hmm. they're very opposite like like nandor is very like almost even though he's so old and has been around forever he's still very naive about the world yeah and i do not get that whatsoever but i love the I love how he plays it well he, um, he he always it feels like he just got off the boat yes i mean he he can't he it's like he came from this old world country from like you know the 1900s <laughs> i mean early 1900s i guess uh 1800s oh, let's just that. do that and uh he you know he he just is stuck in this time period he wears these long flowing robes and you know jewelry and it's just so he he's just so out of touch and then uh uh, laszlo is like the polar opposite he's well he thinks he's very up with the times yeah um but they're they're two personalities the way they rub up against each other is and the, and uh Laszlo is played by um Matt Barry. Matt Barry. And man, he is so Mm-mm. funny. He's uh, hilarious. He is, he is yeah, he is it's hard I was trying to think of like who would be 
my favorite or my the funniest character but i i i, I can't pick like there's like one moment it is it is um laszlo and then and then and another episode it's you know it's nandor and another episode it's guillermo and like <laughs> it's just a testament to how great all of the characters are and how well they they play with each other and, and uh, the talking about some of the um conflict between them which is so funny is like i love Nadja's just like angry uh dismissiveness of colin robinson like just how <laughs> he just pisses Everybody's. her all the time you know yeah every time but she just like has a special like virile anger oh, pure her. anger yeah <laughs> awesome but speaking of matt barry and his past projects this is where i told you there there were trek tie-ins with this uh mm-hmm. matt barry was on a show i that i loved called a uh, called uh, toast of london where he plays like a like a washed up actor and in that show there, there was a character named clem fandango who <laughs> was played by shazad latif who played ash tyler and voke on star and star trek discovery good grief yeah so there's your the, the, degrees of separation. Tie-in. Well, and Matt Berry is also a Star Wars tie-in because yes. he was on um, he was on Boba Fett, wasn't he? Because yeah, because when the um, they were having that big battle and the Rancor comes out and they're trapped behind that wall, he's like a bartender or something, isn't he? Okay. okay. Yeah. There, there's a lot of people in these Star Wars shows that I don't even realize that they're in it because of the makeup. <laughs> well, and yeah. Yeah, he's fully made up. Yeah, so I I don't like I find out later. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. Uh, Matt Barry was the voice of uh, uh, 8D8 and the and the, the oh, Boba Fett. yeah, okay, that's right. That's right. Yeah, in like one, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, seven episodes. Yeah, wow. that's right. All right, so he was in it, he just looked a lot like a robot in it, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're called droids, Noah. Yeah, uh, Noah. Yeah, get your, get your Star Trek right. <laughs> you just, you just, you just exposed me that I don't. Re- I actually don't know anything about Star Star Wars. You just, you just like playing with toys. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the other big Star Trek tie-in uh, in seven episodes thus far uh, is Doug Jones plays uh, Bar- Baron Alphanas like from yeah. the pilot and then he just keeps showing up yeah he's what do they call him like the the baron uh, no but he's like the ancient one or something he's like oh, yeah, a yeah, yeah. super super old baron. yeah very old <laughs> well and he's like all desiccated and he looks well, like a bat I, at, what, least, what? At, least, at least he was very old and wrinkly and haggard and almost made a stone up until um well, uh, Nand- nandor's wedding and then he comes out just as basically doug jones in a, in a long blonde wig <laughs> what 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 they did to him in what was it the first episode was so funny <laughs> i know was that when they took him to they took they, they took him out on the town yeah but like what uh or no well, guillermo accidentally messes up <laughs> yeah yeah like they he gets oh. burnt he gets burned or whatever right oh. <laughs> Well, which is which is hilarious because because what we, we what we wind up finding out about Guillermo with the whole vampire hunting thing, and I think that was season three, uh, the, is that his his last name uh, De La Cruz actually translates to of the cross, and that's a nice little tie in to his little Van Helsing tendencies. I want to mention my my 
I, I can't remember if it's a one episode arc or if it's a two episode arc. I think it's just one. My absolute favorite episode of or episodes, because I can't remember of the whole series so far, um, is when uh Laszlo goes and like tends bar and coaches like girls oh, in Pennsylvania. Like in Pennsylvania, like he just goes and lives a whole nother life for a while. Yeah. Like uh, that, that's just absolutely <laughs> As a b- bartender and a volleyball coach. A volleyball coach. I, I absolutely. Was that just one episode? It was, it, it was, it was over like, like two, like two or three episodes. The course of a couple. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that whole arc, that whole stretch, just <laughs> that was brilliant. What's what I think is great is that on YouTube now there is like a super cut of uh of um Laszlo like 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 over pronouncing things, <laughs> and it is the greatest thing because because like the the way he says the way he says Arizona is Arizona, <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one that that Mike that uh Chris the the, the last episode you said you watched with the the, mm-hmm. the, the home renovation episode yeah with the, the just the way he said he says New York City is just pure gold New York City well they always <laughs> and they always emphasize the wrong like the wrong so Jennifer and I were talking about this today like I said uh, I can't remember what but basically if you like new york he's like new york you know like yeah what the he, the emphasis is different than it would typically be all mm-hmm. the time well he did, he did we he did just had some thing. spaghetti yeah know? well he did he, he did he did the same thing when he was he played the boss on the it crowd and then oh, also on also in the in the show that i was telling i already mentioned the toast of london and it's just there are there are more supercuts on YouTube of him just overpronouncing things like across his career, hmm, and it's okay. the most wonderful thing. And most recently, uh, my oldest child uh, freaked out because there's a song by Gorillas, uh, which is like mm-hmm. their favorite band in the world right now. Where um, I saw this, yeah. Uh, who who was it that originally did the void the voiceover? It was an actor. Uh, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Yeah, Dennis Hopper originally did it on the original recording. I think it's like called like Monkeys on Fire or something, something along those lines. Something like that. Yeah. But they just they just did a show in New York, and instead of Dennis Hopper coming out there because he did, um, mm-hmm. Matt Berry came out on stage and did it instead. And I was like, oh, that is a wonderful crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's uh, that's my pick. It's the one of the greatest shows on television right now, and probably will continue to be. Hopefully, at least for another three seasons or so, or until until they decide it starts getting stale. One of the best parts about the show is the opening credits, the song. Yeah, I was so just good. Actually, reading it's a great song. I don't know. It's great. It's from the sixties. It's like a nineteen sixties song. I can I can hear it in my head. In in one of my uh, one of my like garage sixties oh. garage rock rabbit hole downloading things that I used to do to to find music from the sixties, I had found that song along you know and it's yeah when I'm doing that I'm searching through all this music that all sounds exactly the same and I'm looking for something that just sort of jumps out as being kind of cool and kind of different. And I remember that song jumped out and I, I had it, you know, in this compilation that I had. And so it was, it was quite a treat to, uh, 
to hear it again and be like, oh, they found this. Yeah. I assumed yeah. it was a very obscure thing, but I don't know how obscure it is. The original was released in 1966 by an artist named uh, Nor- Norman Tanega. No, I'm sorry, not Norman, Norma Tanega. And it was on an album called uh, Walking My Cat Named Dog. And <laughs> the, 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 apparently the title track of the album hit number uh, 22 on the charts back in 66. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. And for anybody who who might watch what we do in the shadows and have never seen flight of the concords and i because i keep meeting a lot of other pe- people who who have never heard yeah. of, flight of the concords or never seen it like it's it's got a lot of kind of it's a lot of a lot of connected people between the two shows as far mm-hmm. as actors and creators and writers and things like like that. like dave showing up as the leader of the werewolves yes yeah yeah <laughs> yep. well and Kristen shawl is in it um, she's yes. also a vampire and is hilarious as usual. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, check out Flight of the Concords too if um, if you have never watched that because we as musicians because that's crazy. If you also, haven't watched Flight yeah, of the Concords, that's just crazy. We appreciate that show because of its it's about a a, a gimmicky band trying to make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. It, and it's it's hilarious. It's hilarious. News yeah. New, New, New Zealand's number one folk folk comedy duo. Folk yeah. comedy duo. <laughs> but I would but I, I would be remiss if we did we didn't uh, move on here without uh, mentioning the third Star Trek tie-in, which was when mm-hmm. uh, Nadia and Nandor take over the Vampiric Council, and they're trying to recruit new vampires, and Nadia for some reason thinks that uh the actor scott bacula uh is a vampire just because he <laughs> hasn't aged and so they they get they get, a, get on a skype meeting with him and he's like what are you talking about he's like never uh, mind yeah. you we never spoke to you <laughs> oh yeah that, nadia that's right. is always she uses her mental powers and like erases people's <laughs> Yeah, memories yeah. all the time, which and, which is really funny. In that last episode, you watched. Oh Chris. my god! Yeah, and the production crew is. This, is there anybody else? There? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes the 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 audio mixer's girlfriend has an opinion on something. Anybody else who works on yeah. this show? Well, the, <laughs> I think the best one was the episode before that where um, they were trying to get Colin Robinson into, into private school. school. <laughs> the headmaster. <laughs> they just they just kept tra- trying all the all the different pairings and so yeah yeah that was funny and by by the end they just had no no clue who they were <laughs> that was good stuff i got such a headache we got to move on before we spoil spoil everything yeah well i mean that's <laughs> that's gonna wrap it up if we move on oh yeah yeah five-year mission and do you like getting exclusive content you should head over to patreon right now and visit five-year mission 
because we've got all the exclusive content you're not getting on any other social media. There's videos, pictures, sometimes we post news there before we post it anywhere else, behind the scenes of us working on albums and podcasts, and sometimes just pictures of us goofing off that we don't put anywhere else, only on Patreon. And there are many options to choose from. You can be a lieutenant commander, you can be a captain, you can even be an admiral. Each of those comes with their own special perks. One of the perks of being an admiral is that you get to be a producer on this podcast. Currently, our producers are Carol Jones, Jen Tift, Helen Lake, Steve and Frankie Palopoli, Roxy and Becky, Debbie Renke, Madison Rachel Jones, and Jim Morehouse. So what are you waiting for? Go to Patreon slash five-year mission right now. That's the number five-year mission. And sign up. It's that easy. product you know what i'm going to talk about it's band sets of course you know what they got all kinds of cool stuff from star trek to dc comics to ultraman to Irwin allen you know they got that tom paris plate pin you know tom paris from boy from his appearance on star trek lower decks you know that's pretty awesome which i still i still need to personally order uh, you can also get the strange new world's uh, ship memorial set Ooh. Go on over and get that. Put it in your cart. Add some fan danglers to it. Add some display sets. Head on over there. Fill up your cart. Add in the word Trek Geeks upon checkout. All caps, no spaces. Trek Geeks get 10% off of your entire order. And remember, if you spend $30 or more, you get free shipping. Fan sets. Our pin sets character. And we thank fan sets for sponsoring each and every episode of Five Year Mission, the podcast. We've we've reached the end of it. Yet another episode. That's right. Number fifty-two. I think this was something or other. So that's going to do it. Go out there and watch these shows. Uh, they are currently all available streaming on various platforms at the moment. Dark, all the Stargates, uh, the Expanse. I believe all seasons are currently available on Amazon right now. Yep. Uh, what we do in the shadows is streaming on Hulu. Hulu. Uh, yeah, I think that covers it. Uh, SG1 is on Netflix and Atlantis is on Hulu. Why they're not on the same one, I don't know. Why they got to split them up like that? I don't know. I need a, I need a one, one-stop shop for all my Stargate needs. <laughs> well, you know, you got 10 seasons of SG1, so yeah, it's not like you're going to be jumping around. Well, the, there is crossover. There's a, oh. lot of, there's a lot of crossover between the shows, so I highly recommend that you watch them in broadcast order. Now it's not it's not necessary. I mean, you can watch SG One and not watch Atlantis, but there's enough crossover that it pays off. Okay. And of course, I like a little sci-fi recommendation show. I would be remiss uh, to not mention that uh, one of my favorite shows that has been lacking uh, between seasons because it's only they're only about to release season two here in a couple of weeks. Um, so glad to see that Avenue Five is coming back. Hmm. Have, have, you, have you guys watched that no idea no. what that is i, I have not watched it yet oh my god it's basically just like a cruise ship in space 
Oh, and I saw like the first episode of that. I think. Yeah, it's a, with it with like with the uh, with the uh, Hugh Laurie uh, mm-hmm. TV's ha- Doctor House. Oh, I uh, saw preview. The, I saw previews for that. Yeah, I yeah, it's it it's a wonderful cast, and they and I think Josh Gad's in it too. Um, but yeah, the entire cast is phenomenal in it. Se- season two, I think, premieres in like middle, like towards the end of October, I believe. So yeah, you know. Speaking of Josh Gad, if you haven't seen Central Park on Apple TV, oh my God, please, please watch it. It's so funny. It's great. You like Bob's Burgers? Sure do. Go watch Central Park. (laughs) It's awesome. It has, oh man, oh, what is his name? Oh, Stanley Tucci is the voice of this old lady named Bitsy. It is oh hilarious, God. and she's like mean. <laughs> it's so funny. It is so funny. You got to see it. I'll t- I'll take that recommendation. Okay, I'll find it. Yeah, do it somewhere. But yeah, I that mean, wraps it up. Okay, bye bye. five-year mission the podcast if anyone is interested in listening to more of our music check us out on youtube spotify itunes or anywhere that you can listen to music just search for five-year mission and we will be the first thing that pops up if you would like to contact us you can email us at five-year mission band at gmail.com you can also find us at fiveyearmission.net and make sure to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter Five-Year Mission, the podcast, is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. This has been a classic Rittenhouse production. Coconut! Uh, see you guys and scene (laughs) bye (laughs) we only kept you nine minutes over noah oh Oh. nine minutes i'll never get back that's that's nine minutes taking away from his action figure time yeah. That's right. He's got to build that build that thing in his cave. <laughs> One of his caves. Oh, I'm Noah. I have multiple caves on my property. And I'm going to be I'm going to be buried in one of them with my action figures and a shotgun. <laughs> the other one's just a sex cave. <laughs> if this if this is if this caves are rocking, there's something wrong with this cave. <laughs> That's right. Call the cops. <laughs> or the rescue team. Let's just stop.